Aloha Adventurer, Joshua Loya here again once more to uh, intro a podcast for you. I have a really funny guest, actually, really, really cool guy that I met on Clubhouse. I've been spending way too much time on that app, by the way, uh, but I'll take this opportunity to suggest that you follow me over there. Go ahead and go to uh, go to Clubhouse, search for Joshua the Jedi, and uh, you'll find me. Or if you just search for Joshua Loya, Wow. <laughs> Joshua Loya, you'll find me as well. And uh, while you're there, feel free to follow the Adventure Mind Movement Club. And uh, I'll be putting up more rooms talking about uh, maybe with guests of the podcast that we've had before, or maybe um, just, uh, you know, helping people experience more cool stuff in life. And then I also do have a second group I set up called Heretics and Nomads for those who, like me, have a complicated relationship with religion. Feel free to, uh, to follow both of those clubs and me if you are so inclined. And of course, my uh, my following guest who, uh, like I said, really funny guy, really have enjoyed getting to know him over the last couple of months. And uh, I think you'll enjoy this. Mr. Will McCarrow. Aloha, adventurer. I am Joshua Loya, a.k.a. Joshua the Jedi, the aspiring servant warrior. I have with me Mr. Funny Man, uh, Mr. Uh, friend of, uh, of of people who, who like bagels. Uh, I, I don't know. How do you say you're, 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 you're friendly to Jewish people without actually sounding anti-Semitic? I mean, it's very hard because the, the word is Jew, and Jew is a good word and a bad word. You say, oh, he's friends yeah. with the Jews. But uh, <laughs> the wrong person said with the wrong, in, you know, cadence, it, it, the wrong inflection know. can make you sound a little. Yeah, but Will Will's a, a comic out there in New York City. Although you you do a lot of work for uh, for the Jews, as, as it were. I and I do. Yeah. You have. I'm a, I'm an event designer and producer, so I build custom uh, decor pieces for high end weddings. A lot of those are religious Jewish weddings. Uh, and also I do a lot for the, like the Chabad community, like the, the super religious Jews. Um, they, they've been my bread and butter now that with COVID, like they were the first people to get back into the swing of things. But, um, it's, it's starting to come back now. New York is kind of feeling like itself again, almost. That must be wild, man. Like, like in Cal, like I, I talk about San Diego, like San Diego, we don't give a fuck. Like, like when they shut down, uh, Orange County and stuff. You know, everybody, they had too many people going to the beaches. We were like, don't come down here. Don't ruin it for us. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but we had kind of, we're not like, nobody is like screaming at the top of their lungs on street corners not to wear a mask down here. But people are just like, hey, stay in your lane. No big big deal. Let's just do our thing. Um, But LA, just a couple counties north, it's completely different from from what it's like down here. It's wild. Yeah, it is wild. I mean, you guys have a really cool mayor. Uh, yeah, L.A., uh, you know, Mark, I think Mayor be- Garcetti, dude, I'm so much like I'm so glad I never moved to L.A. to pursue the, the comedy dream, at least not yet. Anyway, so it's like living up there sounds like it'd be a big cluster. Oh, I've just never been a fan. I like I I don't know. I've been out there. I've been to the comedy store. I just I don't know. It's just not my vibe. I just I just love New yeah. York so much better. But you, well, know, you can with- get out on stage a lot more often in New York, too. Right. Like assuming things are open. Right. Oh yeah, I mean, like, if you want to get reps. since since COVID, it's, it's you know they're coming back. Eastville is a comedy club in Brooklyn that I, I do a lot of shows at. Um, there's this place called the Climate Lounge that's open again. But like before COVID, if you were savvy with the way you scheduled things, like you could get up five or six times in a night. That's uh, that's gnarly. That's so the crazy. O- it's the only think about. Yeah, it's the only place in the world you can do that. I've done um, like two in a night here, and that's you know that that's ambitious. Yeah, yeah. I have to say, Austin is. I mean, I'm sure it's just still growing and growing, but it was getting pretty close. I did like three in a night when I was in Austin, pretty easily, like without okay, uh, really even like. And all the the clubs are real close to each other. They spread out, or uh, there's some of them are are close together. There's a bunch of them like in the downtown area by Sixth Street, but they're they are like drivable distances usually. Uh, the ones that aren't right downtown will be like 10 minutes this way or 15 right. minutes that way. Yeah, it's not All bad. Right. Yeah, right on. So, like, 
how did you uh, how did you get into this whole sort of racket of telling dick jokes in front of strangers? Because it's not a normal <laughs> life, right? Like, both, both, neither of us, and we talked about this before. Like, there's a therapeutic aspect to it, all that. But you're not most people who stand up for more than like a couple of years. It's you're not wired the same. I think a little bit. There's a little difference. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely like a masochistic, like glutton for punishment kind of thing to it. I, I don't think there's anybody that stays telling jokes for years that's like a model of mental health where they were usually... Well, dude, like the second time I ever did stand-up, a fight broke out. Yeah, like, I'm go. not even joking. Like, have you have you done any dates in San Diego at all? I've never been to San Diego. Okay, no. so there's the Madhouse Comedy Club. Um, they've changed locations since this happened. I was like, it's like probably my second or third time going up as an adult, right? And there's this like straight up... Uh, you know, just open mic. I got on at the last minute somehow, whatever. And there's this guy pretending to be from Australia the whole night. And it was good for crowd work because he was kind of heckling us. But some of the stuff he was saying was funny, whatever. And then the last guy that goes up, uh, thankfully it was after me. So I still got my stage time. <laughs> like <laughs> he, he points down at the guy who has outed himself as actually not being from Australia at all. He was from another part of San Diego. So we all knew he was just a tool basically and he's like this guy over here reaches out and the the guy who had been trolling everybody all night heckling everybody swipes the microphone out of his hand the the comic does a full-on like nirvana stage dive off the the stage onto him they start going at it like it's freaking you know uh octagon time right you know like ufc or whatever (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah and then they finally break it up and are like, all right, cool, we can get back to the funny. And then his buddy decides that it's a really good idea to attack a uh, security guard. Ooh. Like, And literally, I'm on the opposite side of the club. My guide dog at the time, this guy like is right next to me under the ta- table. The guy that's right behind me throws down a chair less than a foot from my dog. It's like bouncing off. It's fucking chaos. And the guy who got me on stage, again, I'm literally, this is my second time doing stand-up as an adult. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, I I, yells out, everybody the fuck out! And we all get out. And he kind of very sheepishly is kind of like, yeah, I'm sorry, it's not usually like this. Please come back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's a slippery slope with comedy clubs because, like, uh, a good comedy club is pouring stiff drinks. Like, they want yeah. people to get drunk. Yeah. They want people to laugh. So, like, that's always a, a kind of a slippery slope. It's, it's like, a pretty common thing that you have someone that just gets over-served. That's why it's always weird to me when I get watered-down drinks in a comedy club. Oh, that's, that's how you know you're in a bad club. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so as far as, like, my journey to comedy... Yeah, uh, for sure. I, um, I had a, a bit of a crazy life. I grew up on Long Island... Um, so I actually used to shoot heroin. Okay. Um, That's not a normal start. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, like I had a pretty normal life in high school. Uh, later in life, I got like pretty badly addicted to drugs, which was obviously not really, (laughs) not the best move. Um, and I was, you know, there is that movie where there are the, the, the commercial when we were kids, right? I want to be a junkie when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But I was, uh, so I was living in Brooklyn in like Crown Heights, uh, doing mics and being a dirtbag. And this girl moved in next door to me. Um, I was never funny back then. But when I was getting high, I was horribly Yeah, unfunny. not everybody can be Mitch Hedberg. He was getting <laughs> high and was able to still be funny. The rest of us. Yeah, I was like, I like, I like talked about it and it was, it was just like not, yeah. I, I just wasn't ready. Um, but then, so this girl moved in next door to me, and she was like the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen in the world. Me and her became very close, and I realized like pretty quickly, like if this girl ever knew what I was doing, she would never talk to me again. So I like locked myself in my room and kicked wow. like, and I just like fucking like three or four days like didn't go anywhere. Got through the initial sickness, and I've never done heroin since. That's so, wild, man. Most of the people that I know that have tried, like I've had friends who've who've been on it, right? Like in high school even, and like kicking it is not an easy thing for, for a lot of people. No, and I mean, I tried. I had I thought that I had tried everything, like uh, short of going to like inpatient. I never had like, I never went to like actual rehab, but like 
I had given it my all. I had got done the 12 step things. Like I'd gone to meetings right. and I would get through, like they say, like getting through the initial withdrawals is like the hard part. And I, I would get through and then just fucking go do it again. Like <laughs> it's not, I yeah. mean, it's not, you shouldn't be laughing about it, but, but, um, <laughs> well, here's the thing, dude, everything, I think honestly, everything can be funny somehow it's just the it takes the darker it gets the more talent or whatever it it takes to make that thing yeah it's like carlin has a great joke about how rape jokes people say rape jokes aren't funny and he's like but think about donald duck raping porky pig and (laughs) that's kind of funny but um but yeah so uh me and this girl wind up falling in love getting married um it wasn't the healthiest relationship. Like she, uh, there was resentments on where we chose to live. She was originally from Michigan, whatever. And like, I wasn't. Well, you gonna like become a youper all of a sudden? Give up yeah. comedy? Like- <laughs> no, but I and I wasn't the model husband. Like I never, you know. They say when you're when you go through something like that, like there's a lot of personal development that needs to be done before you're ready to like love somebody. Like you got to learn how to love yourself. And be at peace with all the scummy things you did before you like jump into a relationship. And like, I did none of that. I just like, we were, you know, we were, were dating for like a year. And then we, before we were engaged, we got married like less than a year after that. And, you know, in hindsight, it was, it wasn't a great, a lot of impulsive sort of like, like, Oh, I mean, because sometimes you do things that's really intense and you just kind of go with it because it feels right. And Yeah, and it was all oh, like, and then like uh, over the t- over time, like she showed her, showed her true colors. Uh, we were drinking a lot and like I tried to. The foundation stress- of every stable relationship. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like I was trying to get her to, to stop drinking and like sober up. And her at the time, her dad was like on his deathbed and they said he had six months to live, and then he lived for two more years. And like those were the two years that we were married, so it was like, that was also very stressful. Ever present in the background of like, by the way, my dad could die any second, you know? Yeah, yeah. so like instead of admit to everybody that she was an alcoholic, she decided to admit to everybody that she was a lesbian communist. And she ran off with the 23-year-old lesbian that worked at the cupcake shop down the block. <laughs> so I... Didn't you, see that coming, you, I guess. You can't make this shit up. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, still to this day, like, I have very much love for her. Like, she did, uh, she did me a mitzvah. Like, I, I, she, you could argue that she saved my life. So, like, yeah. you know, and in, in hindsight, like, like I said, like, it was hard to see it at the time, but the relationship was very toxic. It was... It wasn't healthy, and I don't think it was ever going to get healthy. So, like, I don't really blame her. Uh, well, but and there's always that thing too, right? Like, I mean, people. I, I have friends that are fighters, and they'll say this, but I think it's true for life. I mean, you, you lit. You basically you only do two things: you win and you learn. Sometimes that learning process is really fucking painful, but. Yeah. I don't know, maybe maybe it's a cliche, but I think there's some truth to it. Right? Oh no, absolutely. And uh, but that's when when she left was when I like started really working out and getting up like five nights a week and and I was, nice. I, I was in classes at the UCB when uh, when COVID hit, which was kind of oh, a bummer. So you were you were damn taking it seriously. At yeah, that I mean, I yeah. I was never been much of a fan of improv, but like. Everybody that I know, it'll says, sharpen your sense of things, though. Even if you don't yeah. do improv as your main thing, it'll help. Yeah, like Alana Glazer, like the girl from Broad City the, with the yeah. curly hair, uh, is my friend from high school. I like grew up with her. Like she was like the president of my high school class, and she uh, swore by it. She was like, you, "She's like, if you know, if you're trying to get good and you want to meet other people that are doing it too, like that's what you got to do." That's where she met Abby, and that's where Broad City came from. It was a UCB thing. So, you know, you uh, never know where, the, where there's going to be a genesis in things, man. You know, I know, I know. And we had to, it was so sad because we had like such a really tight knit class. Like we were all really close. We were like hanging out out. It was almost like our group on clubhouse. Like, yeah, it was, yeah. like we were hanging out outside of school or class or whatever. Uh, and then COVID hit. And obviously I never saw those people again. Half of them had to move back to where they came from. And, uh, you know, the UCB, I was kind of upset because like, 
UCB is not like a, a nothing thing. I mean, it, I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like horribly expensive, but it wasn't cheap. Like I paid like four hundred dollars, I think, or four hundred fifty dollars, and I only took half the courses. Never got my show. There's like you're supposed to. Like, oh, are they supposed to like help you build like up at, to like a at, showcase at, or something? At the end, you do like a class show. But you do it like at the UCB Theater, which is like a famous place. So it's yeah, like, absolutely, it's like an it, iconic spot to perform. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, you know, obviously there was extenuating circumstances. It was just like crappy, like uh, amidst all this lockdown and and like yeah. depressing vibe in New York City. Uh, we one day like we just oh, I opened up my phone and it was like the UCB is closing their New York locations, and I was like, like that's oh how I closing found out. permanently. Oh shit. yeah, like they didn't even email us until like I found out on like Vulture or something. Oh seriously, you didn't yeah. even like they didn't even like like send you an email or a text or anything. They they eventually did, but I found out. But like first. you found out before, they should you should not find out that you're not continuing on social media. You should find out from them. That's crazy. It, yeah, exactly. So like there was a there's a lot of people in the comedy world that felt like that was they didn't like really handle that right because yeah. A lot Have of people, they made any statements on that after the fact? Like, we're sorry, we kind of fucked up with this? Yeah, I mean, not. They've never, like, addressed the way they handled it, but they have sent emails about, like, uh, these, I don't know what you'd call them, I guess, like, guerrilla classes. Like, they're, like, they are going to start offering classes, like, if someone wants to let them do it in their apartment or, like... Uh, you know what I mean? Like, right. at diff different locations. Like, they're not going to have, like, a brick-and-mortar school anymore. Um. But yeah, I mean, I'm. We'll see what happens. It's New York is finally starting to come back, thank God. Like, and it's with the weather, it feels good to be like. Yeah, it's it's got to be kind of a cool relief there. You know, you kind of open things up. The weather's not so shitty. You know, you're you're, you know, for here it's been essentially the same <laughs> weather-wise. <laughs> well, you know, you're. I mean, San Diego is like always the same weather-wise. It gets. Like, it's weird though. Like, it, I used to live in Ohio. Like when I was in middle school. Like the last year that I lived in Ohio, it was like negative thirty without the wind chill. Like so, I, I know what cold is like, but it'll be like forty five degrees, and I'm like shivering. I'm like, what? What the hell happened to me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I um, yeah, the, I, New York when when COVID first hit, walking through New York City was the most surreal shit that I've ever seen in my life. Like I. Like all those I Am Legend memes actually had some basis in oh, reality. Dude, I was he I mean, I was young when 9-11 happened. I was like 14. Right. But like I re like I was in the city not long after. Like it was, you know, that night, if you wanted to go to a bar, you could go to a bar. Like the whole the, the this whole city being shut down and nobody on that the That hasn't happened probably since probably since the Spanish influenza thing back in Yeah. Whatever. And I don't even think back then, like, I don't even think they really shut the world down back then. I think that's why it was so bad. Not like this. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't think, like, businesses were closed. It was just, like, so I, I'm not really too versed on it. But, like, there's a guy on Instagram that went around. He had a drone. And he went around to all the big cities during COVID and took these, like, really cool, like, flyover drone right. shots of, like, how empty the city was. And the, the Times Square one is just, like, unbelievable. Like, there's not that's a car for you can't see a vehicle in the whole shot like it's like and there's like two people yeah. walking past like normally you, it's like a traffic jam you can't even walk through it without like bumping into people that that's wild man yeah, yeah. it's it was weird for me like I, you've been doing comedy a little bit longer than i have i think at least more seriously than i have um but you know starting to make that transition you know right right when covid hit i had just had like you know, some established comedians kind of go, dude, you, you actually got some fire and I'm like, thanks. And it was, it was like, it was like one of those hybrid, uh, like comedy competition, basically bringer show. Um, and you know, a couple of established comedians, they were going to pay either way. And like, they didn't know what to do with me. <laughs> they brought me back into the green room. It was, uh, Patrice DeVoe. And I, unfortunately I can't remember the other chick's name, but, um, you know, and, and I had literally just watched Patrice on Kill Tony like maybe like a month before. So like I actually knew yeah. her stuff a little. It was like kind of a wild thing. And it was probably the thing that I regret the most is it was probably one of my better sets. And I have no documentation of it at all. So, um, but you know, like honestly, like Clubhouse, like hanging out with you guys, I was like, it's just been over a year, right? And just having the exchange, like we've had some really interesting conversations and just talking with people who are kind of like, I 
kind of gives me a little bit more energy to start actually going out on stage again. Because I was kind of going, well, did I have my run? Or am I going to actually be able to get back out there and do this and do this shit for real? Yeah, clubhouses was a really weird thing. I think it was very much the right thing at the right time. Like, like it allowed me to run material. Like, and doing something on clubhouse, even though you can't physically see the person, in my opinion, is infinitely better than these Zoom shows they tried to yeah. do. Like, it's like there's no, like, there's not really, like, a delay. Like, you you say something and you hear how fast somebody laughs. And well, and if you bring, say, like, an, on Clubhouse, right? And by the way, if you want to follow <laughs> follow us in Clubhouse, go right ahead because we're still on there. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, you can have, like, 10, 15 people on stage. As long as the people that are up on stage with you that are kind of either talking with you or... Um, are kind of chiming in when they think they find things funny and they're not just talking the mic and stuff like it it's you get more of that instant thing you get and you get people who are kind of digging what you're trying to create even if it's not perfect yeah and i mean the the wildest thing about it to me was all the different like applications like apparently like i got on when tim dylan started talking about it that's how i heard about it i'm right. a big fan of his and uh, like I had heard that it existed, but I, I heard about it in like the crypto space. And I'm like, not like I trade a little, but I'm not like a crypto guy. Right. So but then like apparently when Tim Dillon started talking about it, there was this like wave of comedians. Influx of comedy people for sure. Yeah. Like I, I was obviously like kind of ignorant to what was happening because I just just showed up. Dude, I only um, got on like January or February this year, dude. So Yeah, me too. So like that's Yeah. And uh, it's just so crazy when you go into these wild ass rooms, like some of these rooms with like racial topics and <laughs> dude, dude, it, I was in a room one time where they were talking about, and this is how wild it can change. So I'm in a room and they're talking about, you know, racial you know, things and, you know, you know, different groups of people that have been enslaved. And, you know, uh, one person was talking about, um, I think they were Russian. They were talking about how some of the people that had been enslaved in Russia and how, like, some of them were ethnically uh, African, but they just they moved in the big. They were first initially enslaved, but then they were granted their freedom. So you have people that identify as Russian, but they're black, and and it was a really deep and kind of there's a bit of tension in the conversation. But it was a cool conversation. And then the moderator, I feel like they were just trolling everybody, but they went and was like, or I'm going to talk about some stuff. It's going to be maybe too deep for y'all. And then they go on this weird, like, like uh, the Nordic aliens people. Like, I can't remember what they're called, but like the big, like super aliens that have like oh, the, multiple the, rows and teeth and the stuff. The tall whites. Yeah, the tall whites. They started uh, yeah, going yeah. into the tall whites. And it, all, and it was like, it, it, it was, it's so funny how inside of like less than 30 seconds, you take what seems like a reasonable conversation into, what did I sign up for? Dude, I, the same thing. Like, so there was a, there was a room the other day that was like, the, the question posed was, uh, do Jews priv, uh, benefit from white privilege? So there was a group of black people that went in there and I guess apparently expressed their view that they felt that Jews do benefit from white privilege. Okay. I I mean, that's a very gray area. Well, and it's, you can, depending on how you, you want to tread carefully, but there is something to be said when, because I'm not technically speaking, I'm not white, but I totally appear as white. And I benefit from my color of my skin all the time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like at first glance, like a, a lot of times, I'm only I'm, a, I'm only a quarter Mexican. I mean, let's it, be really honest. I'm a vanilla yeah. bean, but still. So, so these people then get booted from the stage. They leave. They start their own room. Um, that was like I got kicked off the stage for saying that Jews benefit from white. Yeah. yeah so yeah. me, me and Jen, Jenny Copper, were yeah. in that room, dying. <laughs> these people. Dude, they were like literally these people. I thought it was a when I first got in. I thought it was a comedy room. I thought yeah. there, there was like yeah. A that's stage. the thing that there's always this blurring line on Clubhouse when things are comedic and when they're serious. It, Dude, they, they were really saying know. that the blacks need to band together and start oppressing the Jews so that the blacks can take control of the media and the weather. See, that sounds like a great bit that I would I, expect somebody who's like Jewish and black to make. Or yeah, something. I was like, this is funny. And then I'm like, wait a second. Wait, like, they're are serious. These, these like, people are serious. Yeah, it was wild. <laughs> and we, we have definitely seen that too, which has been really fascinating to see like in the different you know overlap of rooms that we've been in where 
like, um, gosh, I don't, I don't really. How do I describe our? I'll just refer to him as our Eastern European friend because I don't, I don't know how public he wants to get. But there's this one guy who's from, from Eastern Europe, and he says like this stuff, and you like, it's funny because of his thick accent and the, everything, and the matter of fact way in which he tells these things. But these are like horrific things that happened over in Eastern Europe about things he knows just based on you know how he grew up, and then somebody will say something and it'll sw- and I I can't I kind of like it but there's that ambiguity of is this a bit is this a real conversation I I can't tell the difference and you know I'm sure it helps too that you know multiple people are are usually drunk or high or both and that kind of mixes the the people's ability to articulate and yeah figure out what's going on but but yeah, it's definitely an interesting app. I'm very curious to see what lies ahead for it cuz like Twitter already has uh, I think they call it spaces. Yep. It's like the same thing. And like, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling that it it's probably past its prime. Like if you look at the February was when, when it popped. Like that's when right. we all got on there. And there was like, I think I want to say it was like, tw- like uh, 2.6 million downloads in February. So you would have thought that March would probably have like 5 million and March only had 600,000. I think you're going to see a, another wave when they finally open it up to Android. Because right now, it's just iPhone, right? Yeah, I don't even know if I want to be there when they let the poor people on. <laughs> Everybody using their Obama phone to get on Clubhouse. <laughs> no, but that's... But, yeah, I, I don't know. That's like a pretty morbid sign. Like something that's going to have any kind of <laughs> lasting power. Like should your numbers should go up. Like the second month that you're blowing up, like yeah, I think a lot we'll, of people. We'll see what happens. It's just not for a lot of people. Like a lot of my friends, right. even even my friends who are comedians and are used to getting up and talking in front of people, just don't like really mesh or fit into the format. They just don't like. There's a lot of people that just don't fuck with it. They just don't like it, and. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it pans out. Yeah, I think it's they start adding like ways to automatically record and export out things like that. Um, you know, where people can use it as a content creation thing. You're going to see some of that. Like, I think it's just going to change, right? Like, yeah, we'll see. I think they need to bring some sort of visual element to it. Like, it doesn't need to be a video chat, but like, right? There should be like almost like a like a screen at the top of the room or, or like, you know what I mean? Where you could or, or what if at the very least, like if somebody wants to send like a, I, I know people end up setting up like, you know, Instagram chats or things like that, but like having a, an ability to indicate something via text without having to mic, mic up would potentially be helpful. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that that might like kind of fly in the face of the whole concept. Like that's right. There's a reason. And also, I think the fact that like you need to have an Instagram linked to communicate with anybody kind of helps weed out the riffraff. Like there's it's kind of. Yeah, I was talking about that tonight or earlier today where like you don't have like blue check marks on on Clubhouse. I mean, obviously, it's the whole party hat thing to see how if you're super new. But like if um. You know, like I will be much more likely to follow back somebody if they have an Instagram or a Twitter connected, just because it's like, okay, you're kind of giving me. If I want to snoop, you're giving me the ability to snoop, just a little bit. Yeah, it just like make like when you when you see somebody doesn't, you you just kind of take what they say with a grain of salt because they're not a real person. I mean, like they <laughs> they might be. Dude, you but- could you could you could bullshit so easily in Clubhouse, but only so far if you don't have something connected to it. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like there are so many people, especially in the, in the crypto rooms that are like, I'm an entrepreneur, crypto, early Bitcoin investor. Like, and you can just tell that they like, like selling crack on the corner doesn't make you necessarily make you an entrepreneur. Yeah. Like you're, you live with your parents. Like you're not an entrepreneur. I I, I do feel like though, (laughs) I don't know. There's more, the more to life than clubhouse. I, I feel like there's a spot for it. Maybe I'm not so cynical yet. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I agree. There's way more to life than Clubhouse. But it, <laughs> Thank it, it God, was, dude, there's fucking. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's there's dogs and shit. Like you got a dog that's that's gotten all kinds of. Actually, you said didn't you say your dog has more Instagram followers than you? She does. Yeah, she has like a lot more, like to, like twice as many as I have. <laughs> um, she is the cutest dog in the world. Her name is Maud. She's a French bulldog, uh, and I she's violently cute. She's like aggressively cute 
And she's been my saving grace because I'm a, I'm not a fan of the dating apps. Like that's not something I was like with my ex when they came out. You know what I mean? Like I don't right. even, I yeah, don't I haven't, know. I've never had a, a profile on, on you know, Tinder or, or Bumble or any of those. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. I just like, I don't know how to do it. And so what I do is like this, this dog everywhere I go, <laughs> you walk past uh, the, the pretty girls and they're like, Oh my God, look how cute the dog is. And, and she's like in on it. She like knows. Yeah. She's, she's like, well, the, the greatest wingman ever. Yeah. She like runs over to them. Oh, she loves it. And then they'll be like, Oh my God, like, can I take a picture? And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like she's on Instagram. You can follow her on Instagram. <laughs> that is and like seriously the smoothest ever. It's a great idea. Uh, well it is in theory. Because then, oh, then you get like weird people following yeah, your dog. You, you will do not only that, but like you like think about it. Like, who is going to go on a date with somebody because a French bulldog slid into their DMs? You know what I mean? Like these these women are crazy. Like they're they're crazy. But like it was entertaining and it was a good exercise in getting my feet wet with the dating world. Uh, and you know, they were, they, they were nice people. They they meant well. They were just a little nuts. Well, you know, I mean, it's, I'm just trying to think like, like, it's not wrong though. Like as far as like, so I, I was, I've been out and I actually have to turn stuff down because like humble brag, I'm sure, you know, but <laughs> like anytime I've ever had a guide dog, you know, because I always get labs, right? They're like, especially right in that first couple of years that they're like a, a two or three year old Labrador is like the freaking cutest dog ever. Yeah, they're great And so dogs. like, I, I was taking like some riding classes at a local community college and so i had all i was like maybe 30 something early 30s and you know late 20s early 30s at the time and i had all these little college girls you know kind of wanting to come up and talk to me and i had to be like i do want to get back together with my wife I do get to get <laughs> yeah that's what you you're getting a new dog right you're getting yeah a dog yeah yeah soon. like next month so i don't that's know what's awesome. going on yeah it's it's wild yeah. i've never had a girl before either so we'll, we'll see how that does uh. that would it be racist for me to say i have a black daughter I, <laughs> dude, I, so I, I, I want to work that into something somewhere, but I don't know right. how to say it anywhere without like having people want to fight me. Well, dude, this is so <laughs> funny. So I'm, I'm walking the dog the other day and we come around the corner, like de coming down the block to my house. And there's this huge black dude with like a football jersey on. He looks like a, like kind of like a tough guy and he sees the dog and he like breaks down into like, he's like, Oh my God, that dog is so cute. <laughs> dude, that's I, rad. And and he comes over and he and he's like petting her and he goes, "You black, you just like me, you black." Oh and, shit! And I was like, "Oh, like I, I thought it was funny." I was like, "Oh, ha 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 ha." And then I, I thought oh, he was, was serious. Yeah, he was just he was like kidding around. He was like like baby talking, yeah, yeah, but he yeah, was like, sure. "Oh, you just like me, you black." And and uh, I thought it would be funny to be like Brindle Lives Matter, <laughs> and, and he did not think that was funny at all, but. I mean, I get, you know. You is know. this me showing my, my, my white appearing privilege so that I'm laughing at that joke? <laughs> well, I just, he was, he was the one calling the dog black and I, I was, I was calling her <laughs> Brindle. That's what she is. But I See, don't know. I, And that's the whole, that's the thing too, right? Like, so, and here's, here's the really interesting part. Like just in the last couple of months, two, three months or however many months it's been since I've been hanging out with you guys on Clubhouse in the different rooms and stuff. Cause I, you know, I haven't. Ha it's been, you know, over a, a year since I hung out with comics at all, and really, and then, like, I found that my filter is off in just normal conversations when I'm wherever around comedians. I'll start. St I have to like bite my tongue before I actually, and I'll say stuff, and and like my mother-in-law won't catch it. I'm like, okay, good. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> it's just one of those things where like I, now I'm thinking about like. Oh, that could be a good bit. Let me, let me just see. Let's float this out. Like, I find myself impulsively trying out material in conversation. It's not a healthy thing. Yeah. I mean, eh, we all do it. And we all, like, we all do it. And it's, honestly, some of the rooms, a lot of them are really trash, but some of, like, the comedy workshop rooms yeah. are, pretty, are, are fun. They're good. There's, there's funny people in there that are giving you. Like, that uh, one today we were in was actually pretty cool. Like, yeah. I mean, like, we were in there for, like, a bunch of, like, not so funny people, but yeah, but like, the but the advice that they were giving them, the giving structure them was actually have, like, really helpful. Exactly, like I, I kind of wish that I could do an open mic, and then the five funniest people there would tell me what they thought I could do better. Uh, but sometimes it gets a little, I don't know. But it, then there's always that thing, like, 
and and I like there's there's other comedians that hang out with us that have said like they're kind of don't want to throw out their best material on Clubhouse because there's no accountability as far as who who snags it uses uh, it. Yeah, I mean it's dude the, the the what it takes to be a comedian today is so drastically different. Like in the 80s, dude, you had guys in the 80s that had an act and they would do that act for 20 fucking years. And now- And no change, yeah. Now you you need to have a podcast. You need to be putting out like an hour- Yeah, this, of, what we're doing right now is bare minimum. Yeah, like, we're exactly. Not- <laughs> I, I need to get on it. I, I have been working on one and it's coming soon, but I, I've been procrastinating. I've had a rough couple months. Uh, but- um. But yeah, I, you know, you, and then Twitter, like you have, like people just throw away jokes on Twitter. Like, you know what I mean? Like if I went to see somebody uh, that, and they just used a one-liner that they posted on Twitter, I'd be like, uh, you know. Do you know who does that well, actually, with the Twitter thing? Uh, You know who Doug Benson is, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. um, He does a thing every single time he records a show. He always like has people, or even when he just does a show, he has people tweet at him and he'll kind of use that as a way to spark up uh crowd work yeah I'll read some of the it kind of works for him i think i haven't heard it now granted i've only heard the recordings that he's released i haven't actually seen the guy perform live so it might really blow when he does it most of the time but yeah doug benson is a funny uh a funny guy like and it's not just pot humor either which is yeah. cool. like I, at first i was like okay like i dig that and then he, he'll go off in kind of weird silly directions which I, which I think is cool yeah he was in uh, that documentary, uh, The Last Blockbuster. I don't know if you've heard. In Bend, Oregon, there's still a fucking yeah, blockbuster yeah. store. Yeah. And and he I was guess like, you can like actually reserve it. You can go hang out in it and like have like a fucking slumber party or whatever. Yeah. I, I, I mean, whatever they got to do. I can't imagine that. <laughs> I guess Bend, Oregon is kind of like a hipster-ass place. Maybe people still do come and rent movies. Right, right. But, yeah. Sp- Speaking of, of, of times, like you're you're looking at, do, do we want to? How public is this? Your this sort of in between space you're in with uh, with New York right now. Uh, I mean, we could talk about it. So yeah, I think, are you talking about the building or like my plans? I, I'm to- I'm more talking about the the potential exodus. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people have already left. My plan uh, two months ago was to move to Austin. Me and from clubhouse we're gonna move yeah, to yeah. austin and uh you know a couple of things have changed since then my sister is now pregnant and she's due like three that weeks changes. after we we're supposed to leave yeah is now like somewhat involved with so i don't know i mean i don't know if i should have said that on the podcast <laughs> maybe beep that out but. wait wait wait, wait. We'll, we'll go back and make a note yeah um well we'll bleep out her name so and yeah we'll and then that. and then my dad uh there's a strong possibility that my dad's cancer is back. Ooh, that sucks. So, I mean, he has prostate cancer, which like a lot of people recover from. Yeah. That stuff, everything actually. that I've been told is like, if you, if you're going to get a cancer, like that's the one you want. Like it's like basically yeah. almost completely treatable, but, uh, they don't really know exactly what's going on with him right now. His PSA number, which is like an indicator, uh, just like right. shot through the roof out of nowhere. It was like down to nothing and now it's back up. So, I just feel uh, it probably wouldn't be couth with my family for me to be like, listen, I got dick jokes to tell in Austin, Texas. <laughs> I fucking good. Well, good hey, luck, you know, you Dad. might actually have, you know, if you're not going to move right away, I mean, you're going to get an opportunity to start getting up as they start opening up the clubs out there. So there's that. Yeah, and I mean, we'll see. I, it's it's a cheap trip, dude. I like it's like I could go down there. Like I I went down there a couple weeks or like a month and a half ago and like tried to get on Kill Tony just for giggles. Uh, and I like was looking at apartments. This is, was before a lot of these things changed, but, uh, sure. I went down there, I had a blast and like the whole trip cost me like 600 bucks. Like the, the flight was like $80 and it was, it was awesome. So like at the very least, it's a good little comedy getaway. Yeah. No, I, I definitely plan on heading out there. I got some friends that moved out there from the last, yeah. all the, all the people that Texans hate cause they're all from California. They're moving out to Texas. Yeah, dude, I, I I'll say I get why they hate it, man. Like I was, I get to Austin. I hadn't been to Austin in a couple of years right? and I, I get there and my, my Uber drops me up. But first of all, the Uber is a pickup truck and it, it drives <laughs> me, it drives me. That's fucking rad. Yeah. It drives me to the hotel. And as we're coming like past Lady Bird Lake, like 
there's all these tents. There's like a, there's like tent cities. There's people like camping like under the freeway, like just very like out in the open. Oh, it's very much like the whole like uh, Skid Row thing in L.A. Yeah. So like, I, wow. I, so I'm asking the my driver, and he's like, "Yeah, man, you know it's fucked up. Like we're all pissed about it. Like all these people, you know, there was apparently some like piece of legislation that was has was recently passed, and they're like actively trying to overturn it." But uh, so I thought this was funny. And when I was down there, my opening joke that I was trying to use was like, oh, like I haven't been here in a couple years. Like I'll say the homeless thing is crazy. I had no idea so many Joe Rogan fans were homeless. And like, <laughs> see, I like, I think, I think it's funny. funny as hell. Nobody left. Like they were all like, it's like a, it's like a sore spot with them, I guess. But yeah, but, uh, but it, it is wild. Like, I, I mean, I don't understand it. Like in New York, we keep our shanty towns under the bridges and in the tunnels where they fucking belong. Like you don't see, <laughs> you'll see like a straggling hobo. You have like like some like full. Go ahead. Well, no, I, you'll see like a hobo here or there, but uh, but no, but no like tent cities like that. And like in California, like I don't like you know in New York, if you're gonna go to a homeless shelter, you're not allowed to do drugs. You're in like a cement. Yep. You're basically in like a prison. You're in like a cinder block room on a cot. So, like, would you rather do that or would you rather bang up in your beachfront tent? Like, they're, they're not giving these people any yeah. incentive to, like... Well, and that's just it, too, right? Like, the, so there's a lot of spots where I, I feel like, is it, uh, is it New York? Somebody was saying that where if you are willing to jump through the hoops, if you want a bed, they have to give you one. Yeah, I mean, they the place... I mean, it's not, it's not like, necessarily the the smoothest thing but if it's really that important the, to the, you can it's like a daily thing like and the, the places will fill up like if you go to a place you wait in line they fill up the beds and if you, they don't have a bed for you you don't you don't get a bed okay so there's no like guaranteed long-term no anything. no no but uh i mean there is like there are hoops to jump through there's a lot of like low-income housing where you can like you right in like a housing lottery and you get a very cheap apartment but uh, for like the thorough with sobriety tests and stuff, and like if you let's like God forbid you actually use weed for to deal with nerve pain, then they're gonna fucking yeah. test you, and now you can't get housing. That's that's crazy. another exciting thing. It's almost like the universe is trying to convince me to stay here because now, because <laughs> yeah, now you get full rec recreational weed. And yeah, which in, uh, is, which city. is crazy. I don't know. I'm very curious to see how that shakes out because. I right now there's a there's a dispensary on Flatbush Avenue that's been there for a couple of years that only sells oil. And I think they sell like uh like pills, like Marinol pills. Right, uh, but like but no flour, but, no flour. Just all, but I walk yeah. past this place and I have never seen someone in there. I've never seen a customer in there. And is it just delivery or? Well, no, it's I think it's just really expensive. It's like it's like $90 for a cartridge that uh that I can, you know, I, so, so I, I just paid like sixty for a gram cartridge out here. Yeah, I can have one delivered for for kind of a premium ish, but exactly, I can have one delivered to my apartment without going to see a doctor, without jumping through any hoops, and I pay like fifty or sixty bucks for it. So like, I then who the heck's who the heck is paying for a ninety dollar gram when you can get it for sixty? Or I 50? mean, I think it'll be like a tourism thing. Like right. a lot of the things in New York, like people who live here don't use, but they're still thriving industries because of tourism. So like I I imagine that that'll probably but I can't imagine that like real New Yorkers are going to start going to dispensaries like <laughs> I mean maybe like the really rich ones will cuz it's just yeah. easier or what like I mean it's What's wild for, for me is I've never bought uh weed from a guy. Oh really? That's, that's I mean like funny. I've had I've had I've had friends like right who who you know like people that I knew Right. So I like, so there's the whole thing where I've had friends of mine that had it and I bought it from them, but I've, because I, you know, I'm basically, I graduated in 98. Medical weed has been legal in California since 96, even though recreational was just like four or five years ago. Yeah. So literally I've never had to worry about being arrested for weed that's, in California. That's, ever. that's crazy, man. I used to, <laughs> I used to worry very much about being arrested. I used to sell like a, like, large quantities of weed when I was like in high school and the couple years after oh, he, he uh, will may or may not have sold uh, <laughs> allegedly I'm trying to save I, yeah, your ass I don't dude. care it's, I don't do it anymore they're not gonna I, I yeah. the DEA raided my apartment when I was in like 22 so like wow I, uh, I don't think they're I'm really concerned with what they hear <laughs> 
but yeah, I um, I um, well, we'll see how it shakes out. It is the crazy thing about it is that New York, I'm pretty sure, is the first state to do it this way. Where the, okay. where the rule is that you're allowed to smoke weed anywhere you're allowed to smoke a cigarette, besides like driving. That's a car. less. That is less restrictive in many ways than even California. I feel like I couldn't. I could not get away with just going to like the trolley station where people smoke you know cigarettes by the, all the time. Yeah, you know that's what we call our light rail here. If I go went and I if I had a vape pen, I could probably get away with that. But if I sparked up a J, yeah, no, no way. And uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Now you can smoke in Central Park. You can smoke like I mean, people have been smoking weed on the streets of New York for since been since like it's, for sure. It's always but like, but like to, to blanketly actually officially say yeah, this is the no. I, I can get away with that stuff for you, over here. Are you kidding? Yeah, I mean they're really. I think they're really trying to undo what they did here with the COVID. They're gambling. There's going to be gambling now in New York City, which is crazy. Yeah. What's uh what's the read? I don't want to get gnarly political, but what's the read on on uh, Andrew Yang on in the city? I, I haven't heard from an actual real New. Yorker. I think he's pretty popular. I think uh, even though he didn't grow up there, because there's that whole thing. He you know he didn't live and grow up. And in New Hillary York. didn't either. She yeah. she won. I um you know I I actually uh, you know I'm very very in the middle. I guess you could call me right leaning. Right. But I actually appreciate the concept of a UBI, like the universal basic income. Sure. And I think there's a lot of people, especially seeing with, with what COVID did that are, 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 you know, lining up for that idea. Um, I don't, and not everybody who's actually going to take the, the assumption people have with UBI, like for, for those not in the universal basic in- income, basically just basic, you know, baseline and allowance necessities, government allowance. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think there's, there's assumption that, People are just going to fuck around with it, but if you actually look at the, the the spending habits of like how people use these stimulus checks, they most people had a little bit of fun for sure, but people also just used it on stuff they needed. Like, I mean, we had to shut down our dojo basically. We inherited a dojo in December of 2019, me and my wife, and then like, oh yeah, by the way, <laughs> that sucks. Like three months later, it was. I mean, it's fine. We didn't lose any money over it. I did have to get a little bit of outside work before we got out of our lease, but like. It's, you know, if people want to actually make the world better rather than just hustling all the time, it allows them to to not make choices out of desperation, I think. you know? Yeah, no, I think that's very true. I mean, I, um, you know, I've been collecting unemployment since this all hit because I'm completely out of work. Um, but even with that, like, I, it hasn't killed my drive to find work. Any work that I can for sure. find for cash or, you know, side gigs, like, I'm out there getting. So, like, I guess, you know, it's the same concept. For sure. But we'll see what Have happens. you found you've forgotten to talk, how to talk to people yet? Or are you, you kind of easy with that because you still pop into the bodegas and stuff? Oh, uh, no. I, I mean, I, I uh, lived my life pretty fast and loose through COVID. Like, I... Right. You know, for the first, like, two months, I really, like, stayed home and didn't go anywhere. But, like, out on Long Island, there was this dive bar that I don't know why, but it just just never shut Nobody down. Nobody ever just, It just, wow. it was, they were there the whole time. And, like, I could walk into there. I could walk in there on Sunday when there's an open mic and do 20 minutes or a half hour if I wanted. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, that That's was really, really cool. cool to me because I got, I got to keep working out. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to suck or not. Like, I'm going to probably hit up an open mic here in the next week or two just to see if I have it. But it's just like yeah, is it, super nervous about how well I'm going to perform on stage. How far is La Jolla from San Diego? Like, uh, it's, I mean, I can get there. If I, if I had a ride, it's like half an hour. Oh, that's not bad. Because the, the, is yeah. the comedy store there open up yet or no? Uh, I don't know. I haven't actually really looked. I know that like American Comedy <laughs> Company, which is a lot of my go-to, um, they have like a weekly open mic. They're starting to do like outdoor shows and stuff. So yeah. It's, I mean, and, and it's opening up fully, I think, in by June. So, dude, Vegas is going to be 100% open by June. Yeah, that, I believe that. That's what they're saying. I, I feel like that's a little crazy. Like, Vegas is like, dude, because people don't care in Vegas. Like, like, you meet somebody, they'll like, like, I'm sure you'll get somebody, well, somebody will cough in your mouth just as a gag. Well, yeah, and you know, like, what, <laughs> like, I think what they have going for them is that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So if you get if you get COVID, I thought what in happens Vegas, in Stavis, I thought what happens in Vegas follows you back home and requires a 
cycle of antibiotics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I, I love Vegas, dude. I um, I'm probably gonna make a trip this summer once it's open, just to experience life at its fullest again. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly like I went out of. Uh, like I was in Huntington beach, right. For a surf contest. And we went tr- shooting pool after the contest was over and we're in a pool in public drinking beers and just shooting the shit. And like, it was, that part was weird for me. Like you, you've had, because of your dive bar thing, you've been able to do that. Like I, I went to the movies for the first time in November and I, it was, we, Oh yes. You mean I, do I want popcorn? Of course. It, I, like I didn't know how to answer people's <laughs> just like, yeah, I, I I almost messed it up for myself and tried to get my own soda drink. It's like, no, stop, because they would have had to deep clean the entire thing. Uh, they had a designated guy. Yeah, one time, uh, well, not one time, um, the one thing that I'm a little upset I didn't experience, and I'm not sure if you still can do it, but like when they were okay. renting out the movie theaters for like you could, like you and your friends could rent out the whole yeah, theater. Yeah, you get like a block of however many seats or but whatever. They were, yeah. like you, you could rent the whole theater for like $150 because like nobody was coming. And like that's like, kind of cool that would have been fun but i don't know a lot like a, yeah, a lot of my I, I, miss, I miss that train a lot of my friends in new york took uh took the virus more seriously than i did i guess i i guess you consider yourself fortunate you didn't get it yeah <laughs> i dude i'm batting a thousand i don't know there's so many times i've probably been tested 25 times because i was hanging out with someone and they tested positive or and now for work, like the last couple months, like if you're gonna yeah. if you're gonna work in a building with the whole crew, you got to be tested. Like there's a person there in the morning to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I I definitely got lucky. But now like my parents are vaccinated, my like my nice. whole family's vaccinated. I have an appointment uh, May 29th or something at Javits Center. Right. Hi- hydrate up, dude. Like honestly, like if ev- everybody that I've talked to that's had bad side effects. Um, you know, like if you make sure you're well fed and you're you're actually uh like not dehydrated, you're drinking like some extra coconut water or something going in there, make sure you're good. And maybe even take it like a um like a Claritin or a Benadryl, like right before you get it. Oh, that's I I haven't heard that. Just just to kind of, yeah, I mean like I, I I don't even know if any of that stuff's like valid, but like legitimately like I think my reaction would have been a hell of a lot worse. I, I got my second shot like maybe like a week or two ago, but if I hadn't done all that, I'm sure it would have been a whole lot worse. Yeah, I've I've been listening to Rogan. I'm taking my vitamin D, like the proper supplements, and it. I mean, I'm not saying that's why it worked, but knock on wood, I I haven't gotten it. So for sure. Yeah. Hey, what what other shit you got going on before we we split out? Obviously, we have our our. Uh, shenanigans on clubhouse what are you fat will yeah Is that the- uh no it's willie mac on clubhouse w-i-l-l-y-m-a-c um i have a podcast that will be out before the end of the summer and i'm right. doing you can quote him on it i'm doing a bunch of shows <laughs> uh doing a bunch of shows at this place called the arrogant swine in williamsburg uh it's going to be a weekly going on this summer it starts in a couple weeks so there'll be dates on my instagram uh and yeah, man, it was, it was. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate cool. it. And, and his, his Instagram, so that nobody thinks that I'm uh, like fat phobic, uh, <laughs> is actually fat will. Fat will with two T's. F A T T W I L L. Yeah, I don't 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 anybody count cancel me. I, I'm I'm a lover of every shape and size. We're we're good there. That's funny. But uh, you got anything else, man? You want to spit out? Like, wouldn't think we didn't get to your uh, your collection of Chinese dolls. <laughs> no, no, I think I think we covered most bases. I. Uh, yeah, just uh, come to the shows this summer. Follow me on Instagram. And, you know, thank you, Josh, very much for having me. Absolutely. Heck yeah, man. All right. As always, adventure is a state of mind. How you live it is up to you. Yeah.